Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, welcome back to the Way to Fatherhood podcast. This is your host, Brian Phillips. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Uh, so far this season, we focused predominantly on our uh, relationships with our wives and daughters, but today we're venturing into a little bit of a different subject, um, which is not unusual on this podcast. We've covered a lot of different topics, um, our work life, our uh, books that we read or should read, life in the suburbs, the challenges of modern fatherhood, and uh, even, even fatherhood during a pandemic. Uh, and we've talked about patterns and habits of family life in the mind. But in this episode, we're going to talk about our physical habits. So we're going to focus on how we take care of our bodies. And so joining me for this discussion is Dr. Jeff Rose of Carolina Total Care, uh, chiropractic and wellness in Concord, North Carolina. Dr. Rose graduated from the University of California at Santa Barbara and then went on to earn his doctoral degree in chiropractic medicine. Uh, along with another bachelor's degree, I guess because he was bored while earning his doctorate, right? Uh, another bachelor's degree in anatomy and physiology, uh, both of those from Parker University. He has uh, numerous postdoctoral hours in uh, neurology, pain management, nutrition, and even prenatal care. Um, and Dr. Rose and his, his wife, also Dr. Rose, Dr. Deanna Rose, have been in practice together since 1996, 25 years now. So, Dr. Rose, thanks so much for joining me for the show. Brian, you're welcome. Um, so, just a little context for our listeners so they can get to know you a little better. Um, in addition to 25 years in chiropractic medicine, you have also served as a board member at Covenant Classical School in, in Concord, uh, where all three of your sons attended, uh, Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Um, it's been a journey, but we've seen three boys um, almost completely through. My youngest uh, actually is uh, just finishing up his junior year. And so one more one more year as a senior left. Um, my oldest went there K through eight and then um, went on to swim for our local high school and went on to Chapel Hill. Uh, just recently graduated. My middle son, Bryson, um, graduated from Covenant Classical about two years ago. He's just finished up his sophomore year at Anderson University, um, pre-med course there. And then, yes, Parker is my youngest, and uh, he's trying to figure out where he's going. Uh, we might have a second child at Anderson, um, as it looks right now. Um, but yes, at one point in time, I mean, my wife and I have been very involved at the school in various capacities, a lot on the athletics um, there I had a big part of, um, kind of getting some different programs often going there, baseball being one, um, mm -hmm. my wife's recently been on the athletic committee. Um, but for, yes, for a stint, I was on the board and it was really actually at a pivotal time at the school. It was when they were looking at, um, kind of the vision of, of expansion and, um, adding on physical building there, um, trying to just improve the, um, the structural offering of the school and, and size and uh, appeal and, and whatnot. And so it, it was a time yeah, that was very focused on a lot of decisions 
in terms of, um, you know, how that should look, even down to the science labs and, and whatnot. So that was an interesting point and, and kind of a fun time to be involved with some advice on that side of things. Um, but it was a really busy time as well, um, just trying to coordinate and decide how to, you know, look at the budget, um, the teacher's budgets and, and payroll and, and whatnot, and, and try to balance um, how to go out on, on uh, a little bit of faith, but also with wisdom as, as far as taking on a, a loan for a building project. Right. And so um, I guess in some ways I may not have been um, as consumed with the, the typical daily dealings of a classical school. It, it was more of that capacity. Yeah. But I'd also been on the board for the YMCA in town here when they were also looking at expanding and building a new uh, facility. So it, that was something that I had a little bit of experience from in the past. And so I certainly enjoyed it very well. Yeah. And, you know, at, at Cersei, we talk a lot about school life and leadership, but it's typically from the, the teacher's perspective or headmaster's perspective. And so it's it's interesting to hear you talk about that because we rarely, um, at least in my experience, we rarely talk about um, school leadership from a board member's perspective. And so that, that word that you used of balance, uh, seems to, seems to describe that whole role pretty well as, you know, keeping everything in check and especially at a time of transition like that. Um, I know the school's thankful for your, your service there, but, um, and, you know, school boards have to be made up of, of people who have all sorts of experiences like that, you know, in building projects and, and budgets and running a business and um, not just the day-to-day side of it. So, um, so yeah, and you've been, you've been very valuable in that. And of course that building project's done now, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. And, and, and it really turned out well, and you're right. It was, you know, I think that's important with the board is that balance. I mean, we had uh, bankers and we had CEOs and, you know, myself kind of on that health side, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, what I can say, I guess, just to, um, impart a little bit of the impression I got from the role as a board member of a, of a classical school is, um, just really trying to stay as hands off as possible mm-hmm. with that, you know, day to day, let the headmaster, um, run the show and, and for the most part, just be a sounding board or, um, be a, you know, I guess a guide at, at certain points when maybe there was something that, um, just needed um, kind of a, a discussion or a, a vote or a, a little bit more of a support behind. But for the most part, yeah, the board really did try to stay out of the day-to-day, you know, meddling of, of things and let the um, the management and administration of the school interact with the faculty. And and then, you know, we were just kind of up above and, and overseeing things only if necessary. So I felt like, yeah, the board was ran well and, and uh, the building was accomplished in a, in a very positive light. And I think financially it's been um, very beneficial to the school being able to get rid of some other costs in exchange for the new building. And and it seems like it's worked out well. Right. Right. That's great. That's great. Um, And so now our actual topic today is more focused on, on health. And, um, you have a pretty powerful story behind what drove you into chiropractic medicine. Um, what sort of guided your path into that? And this is one that goes all the way back to your childhood. Um, so tell us, tell us that story. Yeah, correct. So I did, I, you know, I had a normal childhood growing up until, um, age 13 and, um, summer day been out on the the lake that we lived right near and and water skiing and playing all day and i just remember coming home that day i remember it still pretty vividly 
and just really being just wiped out, um, essentially uh, kind of passing out on the floor um, and then getting a fever and getting put in a, in a cold bath. And, and I think it just appeared maybe it was a heat stroke kind of situation or too much right. sun. But um, unfortunately, that that led into an 18 month period of um, being extremely sick and uh, really very bizarre and strange symptoms that were really ultimately very perplexing to uh, to diagnose. And so I was goodness, I was in and out of hospitals for sometimes a month at a time. Uh, One thing they thought I might have had at a point was endocarditis. And so I was put on a month of uh, penicillin IV every I think it was every six hours or eight hours. Hmm. Uh, I was taken down to um, some of the top institutions, um, UC Davis, UC San Francisco, spent time there. I grew up in Northern California. And so never able to really arrive at a diagnosis. Um, Very frustrating and and, um, countless and numerous specialists and biopsies and studies and scans and, and whatnot. And so, you know, ultimately, we couldn't find what was wrong. And thankfully, just through some wisdom and advice of friends, probably answers to prayers, honestly. I mean, my parents were very diligently trying to, to find out what was wrong. They ultimately got led on taking a different path. And that was, um, instead of trying to find what was wrong, it was to try to find health. Because they were basically told, take me home. We don't know what to do. We're, we're not sure if he's going to make it. Being in the hospital isn't really serving any purpose. Um, and I was sick. And so they then started uh, a quest of t- taking me, um, uh, was recommended to see a chiropractor and I'll never forget. I actually, well, I actually went back and spoke with him and said, you know, how, what made you take my case on? I mean, what was your, what was your thought when 18 months sick and nobody finding any answers? He said, well, you know, the first thing I told your parents was I'm not going to try to outsmart the doctors, but we do know that if something's wrong with the body, if there's interference, the body has a desire to be healthy and to heal. And so my job as a chiropractor is simply to remove that interference. And it's kind of like if you have a scrape on your skin, if you just get the dirt out of the scrape, the body knows what to do. It's designed to heal. And so he said, you know, from a chiropractic standpoint, we're looking at the inside of the body. We're looking at the spine because it affects the nervous system and the nerves run everything. And so if there's interference to the nervous system, it may not be able to achieve health like it desires to. And so uh, he said, all I did was scan your spine, find issues. Um, correct them. And I prayed a little bit as well, he said. And uh, within a few weeks, I started um, seeing a dramatic turnaround in my health. And I, after 18 months of sick, I was still very depleted of many things. My parents took me to a nutritionist who was actually an RN herself in the medical field for years and had kind of found an alternative way of health too, in the sense of trying to promote health. So she really helped put me on supplements and supports to get my body back to a healthy state. And um, so obviously very impacting to me, um, this approach worked and um, I went off to University of uh, California, Santa Barbara, like you mentioned, and I was kind of discouraged on the sciences. I didn't have the best of science teachers at the little school I went to in, in Northern California, kind of in the gold country there. And so I felt like pre-med would be a challenge, but I got an honest path. I kind of decided, you know what, I just need to go for this. And uh, my passion is kind of what saved and, and changed my life. And um, that's where I really felt my calling. And so I switched majors and 
and um, ended up with a degree, but got it a minor in the pre-med sciences, which is kind of what led me to complete that um, degree at Parker as, as addition to my doctor of chiropractic. Became a chiropractor because of the difference it made in my life. So yeah, I know firsthand personally that whole kind of uh, from the viewpoint of instead of trying to just focus on what's wrong, let's focus on making it right. Yeah. yeah. And so you've been helping people for a long time now and, you know, 25 years in practice yourself yeah. and, and not, not just with uh, conventional chiropractic medicine, but you, you've also helped a lot with, with uh, patient education and, and counseling on um, how we can take better care of ourselves. Just like you described, this is what was done for you, right? Removing that interference, removing uh, things that, that keep us from being healthy. Um, so from your perspective, what are, what are the main areas which most of us need to improve when it comes to overall health and wellness? Sure. And, you know, obviously, I think everybody realizes that, um, you know, diet and uh, nutrition, as well as exercise, are really the, the two paramount key things. Uh, you know, one thing I teach patients is that our body has 30 trillion cells to it. And interestingly enough, in about five weeks of time, um, because those cells are constantly dying off and, and being regenerated with new, healthier versions, just the lifespan of cells. But in about five weeks of time, you're, you have a brand new stomach. You're, it's been replaced. Those are not the cells you had six weeks ago. And so I think so many people are discouraged about, um, you know, their, their health or their state or status or where they're at. And they feel like, goodness, you know, it's too late. I've already you know, blown it for, for too long of a period of time. And I say that that little example to encourage people that, you know, it is never too late. And so if you start today to make a change five weeks from now, you are greatly influencing even just the, the lining of your stomach. And so there's, of course, that's just one example of all the um, influences that nutrition and, and um, our lifestyle and, uh, you know, our choices with exercise really have on the body. And, and so I try to break it down into a little bit of a simple um, illustration that, you know, again, we are what we eat. And that old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it, uh, is so important. And so, you know, I teach the, the healthy lifestyle from, from that choice of, um, you know, the choice you make every day um, as far as what you put into your body, what you eat, and then what you do. I mean, we all know sitting um, has kind of become the new smoking, you know, in terms of uh, it could take four or five years off your life because of lack of mobility. And the other thing I teach patients about the nervous system is it does control the entire body every cell, every tissue, every organ, every function, but the nervous system is an electrical system. And, you know, if you think about it, we all have cell phones and we understand completely that if we don't plug those in at night, that they are not going to work. <laughs> okay. That battery will die. Electricity will not flow. Right. And so our, our nervous system is, if we stop and think about it um, and admit it is an electrical system also, I mean, you can run a nerve conduction velocity study, a, a test that measures the energy that flows through the nerves on, on a, you know, somebody's body. And so, where do we, as a electrical system, you know, charge our battery? And, and the most common answer people think and say is, well, sleep. Well, yes, sleep is where those 
cells are mostly repairing and regenerating, but that's not actually where we recharge the nervous system. It's when we move, okay? So God in his infinite wisdom put little receptors, little sensors in the joints, muscles, and tissues of the body. And so 90% of the input to our nervous system comes from movement of those joints, muscles, and tissues. So we've got to move if we want things to be maximally charged. An illustration I use for that is like solar energy. So yeah, the, the today's sunshine um, is what will charge the solar panel so that it has enough energy to run the light bulb through the night. Okay, so what you do to move today is actually producing the energy your body needs for those cells to heal and repair overnight. And so when you wake up in the morning, you should still have enough of that energy reserve to start over. And so many people, they don't. And they wake up in the morning and they feel miserable and they hurt and um, the pain is intensified overnight. And, and that's a good indicator that you're not getting good movement. And, and so, you know, again, people, I think, limit themselves from starting things because they think, well, I don't have time um, or they don't, you know, um, have a way to work it in their schedule. But really, Brian, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, even 20 minutes, um, we know for a fact, 30 minutes of exercise three times a week can reduce women's risk of breast cancer by over 50%. So there's, there's so many benefits in exercise coupled with obviously um, the, the food choices that we put in for our, our body cells, which are constantly under repair. Yeah. So let's talk more about excuses. You you mentioned a couple of the big ones already, right? Um, I've, sure. I've already done too much damage, too late for me, right? So they <laughs> just check out completely or or I don't have time, but um, you hear a lot of excuses. I know you have to. Um, so uh, what are some of the most common ones that you hear? And then how do you respond? How do you respond to that? Sure. Sure. You know, I, I honestly think, I mean, I, I think time is, certainly a big one, but you know, honestly, especially in today's world, I think people do know better. The number one excuse I really hear is I know I need to do that. And it's, and it's, you know, interesting, <laughs> um, you yeah. know, so then the next question is, well, why don't you, you know? Um, and, and so I think what with that is I know I need to do that. Well, then why don't you own it? You know, it's just like, I know I need to put gas in my car. Um, and we know what happens if you don't, it runs out of gas. And, and so unfortunately, I, you know, that, that's, that's where it gets into a little bit of a, um, a touchy subject in terms of health. I mean, and we've been bombarded in, in our country, in the health system, um, largely to blame, honestly, by pharmaceuticals in the sense that, uh, I mean, as a kid, Nolan Ryan was my favorite, uh, you know, baseball pitcher. And, you know, then I remember him, you know, later in his career, um, rubbing his elbow and saying, when you have pain, you need to noop it, you know? And so he was promoting a drug to handle the pain on his elbow. And so, you know, we're taught um, that there's a drug for every ailment. And so, you know, think about it. And, and my brother's a medical doctor. So this is not to discredit the medical field whatsoever. Um, but I have a lot of friends that are medical doctors. And I think one of their biggest frustrations is, you know, patients going in and saying, doctor, I need a pill for this. I need a potion for that. And it, we've kind of been trained that our health is really not up to us. You know, that it does come from a pill or, you know, right now it's being promoted that, uh, hey, go get your shot. Health can come from a shot. Right. And um, I think it's that realization that we need to take back ownership of our health and understand the influence we can have on it. Um, and so just like we know better that if we don't put gas in our car, it's going to run out. 
we need to make that same commitment that if we don't do what we know we need to do and own it, nobody else is going to do it for you. Um, You know, the, the don't have time situation, the way I usually respond to that is, well, you know, have you ever cared for someone that did get sick? Um, or lost their health. Uh, you know, I mean, look at the 18 months that I was sick and I know that consumed my parents' life. Um, but we've all probably had a loved one or elderly, um, relative or whatnot that has gotten sick and the amount of time. And I mean, we're talking, I know of cases, people that have been required around the clock attention for 12, 15 years. And so, you know, do you, do you not have time to exercise 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, three times a week now? Um, are you going to exchange that for um, the time it takes to be sick later down the road? Um, are you going to be a burden on somebody else to take care of you for years because you didn't spend the time now, a little bit of an investment now? It's just like a retirement account. You invest a little bit now so that you have um, much more later. And you've got to look at health the same way. Um, is that um, you can pay now or you can pay later. Right, right. Yeah, and that's, uh, I, I think that there's sort of a, a combination of, I mean, we, we get ourselves into bad habits and, and bad habits are hard to break, right? As right. new healthy habits in their place, that takes time, it takes effort. Um, but But if you combine that, right, the presence of bad habits with the desire for things to be easy, you know, that I just need a medication for this or I need a pill for this, um, then that that creates kind of a disastrous situation, right? You, we put ourselves into these bad cycles and then and then feel like it's not our responsibility or not within our power to actually get out of them. Yeah. Um, exactly and- correct. Yeah, I think it's it's a mentality of, of ownership. And, and so it's important, and that's what I try to do with patients, is to teach them, hey, look, nobody's going to take better care of yourself than you. There's no doctor on her. Hey, I, I, I do what I do to take care of me. And I realize it's my responsibility to, to own me, but you've got to own you. There's no doctor. It's not their job right. to own your health. You, you have to, you know, wear those shoulder pads. You have to carry that burden yourself. And so to do that, you need knowledge. And so that's why we feel it's important to, yeah, as, as a patient is under care to try to give them that knowledge, to empower them um, and goodness gracious in today's world, I mean, yeah, you got to be careful. You can find all kinds of things, but you know, at our fingertips, there's so much information we can search um, to educate ourselves about right. health. And you know, there's people you can follow, and there's certainly so many programs out there that can help people to take ownership of their health. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's tie this all back to fatherhood in particular, right? We've sure. got big picture, so let's talk big picture, but specifically for dads. So I've, I've known you and your family for, for quite a few years now. Um, I can remember when your oldest was in middle school and I was his cross country coach, you know, yeah. <laughs> other, other, other people's kids always make you feel old. Right. Um, sure. but, uh, I, I know that you and your family, you, you try to practice what you preach. So what advice would you give to dads on how to create good family habits in, in health and wellness? Because you know, dads, we are, we are leaders in this and we're, we're models for our, our families, for our children. So what advice right. do you have for dads in particular on creating good habits? That's a great question. Um, hey, I have a win-win solution, Brian. Uh, I think the best advice is that we as dads 
Um, what I just said a few minutes ago, we need to own it. We need to own our own health. And so we need to lead by example. And, and so if our kids see us committed to a healthy lifestyle, if they see us make choices consistently um, daily about what food we choose to put in and, and not take the easy route and go through the drive through and, and put garbage in our bodies, then, um, you know, I think it's that they start to expect that that's normal. And uh, that's um, a lifestyle choice. You know, a lot of times patients say, gosh, my, my dad had back pain. And so I'm going to have back pain. And my wife's dad was a dentist, you know, and and he used to hear, Hey, my, my parents had cavities, so I'm going to have cavities. And of course there's a little genetic undertone to that, but you know what? Most of that is it's lifestyle inheritance. And so if you didn't see your parents brush your teeth, take care of their teeth, well, you're probably not going to have good results there too. And that's just a fact is that lifestyle inheritance. So, you know, um, uh, the, I think the the example of of leading by example of of instilling that inheritance in your kids, if you will, of being healthy, being a model of health. It's going to make me healthy. It's going to be less of a burden, I hope, on them someday when I get older. Um, and it, hopefully, it's going to teach them um, those choices as well about you know setting a schedule, um, getting up. Uh, if it's five forty-five to make it work, or six fifteen, or whatever it is in the morning, but be consistent with your exercise, um, be consistent with um, your diet, and um, really just—I uh, guess—a uh, hey, do as I do, mm-hmm. not you know, do as I say. Kind of situation right. would be the best. And again, at the end of that, you know, as a dad, then we get to enjoy health, and hopefully, we've instilled that lifestyle into our kids. Yeah. And, and this requires us to kind of take the long view, right? You know, what, yeah. what do I want to be like when I'm older and a grandpa, you know, and yeah. what do I want my kids to be like when they're older, you know, and they have, yeah. they have children and so on. And so if we take that long view of the end picture, right. And then, then we can make better decisions about, well, all right, with that picture in mind, what decisions do I make today? That's going to get us there. Right. Um, yeah. Because it is setting goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, now uh, we're we're getting close to summertime here. Um, it's this is being recorded in May uh, in North Carolina, so starting to warm up a little bit. Um, and every year, particularly you know New Year's and summertime, scores of people decide that they're going to to be healthier. You know, the New Year's is because there's that kind of natural time of reflection, right? And uh, summertime, it's because now you're wearing shorts or going to the beach, right? Yeah. Um, yes. But uh, so people are starting to, you know, maybe exercise or eat better. And and then they give up after, I think the average of a New Year's resolution is like a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Is that all it is? Yeah. I think so. I think so. That's from what I've read anyway. So how do, how do we escape that pattern um, and make lasting changes? So getting down to, you know, the, the, where the rubber meets the road, you know, we get into bad habits um, and we, we want to get out of them. So any advice on actually making uh, fitness and, and health a habit, how do we sure. get bad habits to the good? Sure. You know, I, I hadn't heard exactly what the length of the, the New Year's commitment is or, hey, the, you know, hey, I want to go to the beach, so I'm going to work at this. But, Brian, if it's 10 days, um, you know, one, one thing I remember hearing long, long time ago was it takes 21 days to make a habit. 
Um, so obviously people don't ever get long enough even to make it a habit. So I, again, I think it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago of, of setting a, a routine, being intentional. I mean, if you, for instance, if you want to study the word and, and you want to get into a, a habit of, um, devotion or Bible study time, you've got to do it repeatedly, you know, day after day after day until it just becomes a natural, um, part of your routine. Right. Um, but, and I think another thing I would say is again, a comment I made earlier, and that is that realize that health does not come in a pill. It's not in anybody else's responsibility. It doesn't come in a shot. Um, I think another thing is diets don't bring health. I mean, we all understand how many times people have been on a diet and then the diet ends and then they're sometimes worse off than they were. Um, you know, I, I guess we could mirror it sort of to Christianity in the sense that, you know, Christianity is a commitment. Uh, it's a decision that you make, uh, on a, on a day in your life, one day in your life. It's a, it's a paramount decision. Um, and you know, it's a decision that you, it's never too late to make. So, um, you know, I, I don't like the patients to say, well, you know, I've already, I'm too far downhill, you know, so yeah. no, I mean, you and I both know as Christians that, Hey, the day before you die is, is perfect, <laughs> you know, right. timing. So that, that's a decision that's never too late to make. Um, and so once you make that decision, that commitment, um, it's a, it's a lifestyle again, going back to, well, so if you, um, are going to be a Christian, then, uh, we should, you don't turn back from that decision. Um, you should live your life as a witness to others in ways that exemplify your commitment to Christ. And so health and, and a healthy lifestyle is the same thing. First Corinthians six nineteen says that, uh, do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. And, and so, you know, realize that our body is a temple to him, you know, it's not our own. And so if it's borrowed from him, boy, we should, it's like you borrow something from somebody else. You should take better care of it <laughs> than it's your own. So at least if you don't have that, um, drive, I guess, in, in yourself to do it for you, as I said earlier, do it for him. You know, we're borrowing his body and, uh, as, as a temple and, you know, to go on, um, further with that, uh, you know, in Matthew 21, 12, Jesus despises the disrespect to the temple, obviously. And, uh, you know, when he's talking about the turning the tables on the, the money exchangers, he says, you are making it, um, the temple, uh, a den of robbers. And so, you know, look at what we do to our body when we neglect it, when we eat, you know, Burger King for breakfast and McDonald's for lunch. And, um, you know, we make those choices of putting poor nutrients into a body that's trying to rebuild cells. I, I tell patients jokingly, um, you know, so if your stomach's repairing itself every five weeks, it's kind of like building a new home. So, you know, the good news here is, again, if you've messed up, you have a chance to um, remodel every single day of your life that you're alive, you're remodeling. So would you then go to the dump and get used building materials in the garbage there to try to remodel? You know, or did you want good, clean, quality lumber? And so, you know, going and, and making those poor food choices yeah. um, is not giving your body the building blocks, the building materials to build a nice home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not exercising um, is allowing your body to uh, be deprived of the um, driving force that it needs to create the energy that, that runs the nervous system. So in a sense, we are turning our body, our temple, um, into a den of robbers. We're letting those things rob our health. Yeah. And 
So it's, you know, it's those bad choices and it's no commitment uh, or a lack of commitment to uphold the temple, um, your body that, that means um, you're, you're really not following the word, I guess. And so, I mean, there's many different ways you can look at, at health. Um, I think it comes down to a personal uh, decision, just like, you know, how we all get saved. It's a personal choice that we finally have to fall on our knees and, and we have to make that commitment um, before the Lord. And so I, I think if we look at health in that same way, and, and I, and I, you know, I want to say carefully, I mean, not, I, I, I quoted the scriptures because I don't want it to think that our health is something we're supposed to be, um, idolizing or, or, or from an idolatry standpoint, but it really is to honor God is to honor our body because he says it is a temple. Yeah. And, and so maybe hopefully that, that, that convicts somebody out there today um, to make a difference. And again, if you knowing it is up to you, but if you don't do it for you, do it for Christ, do it for your son, do it for your daughter, do it for someone in your life, do it so that you'll save your kids from having to maybe take as much care of you as a, you know, as an elderly person um, or, or take more care of you. Um, but hopefully, like you said earlier, Brian, you made a very good point of saying that if we, if we make these choices now, and again, we're kind of investing into that generation, we have a chance to influence what their life looks like. And if they learn from that and they pass that on to their kids, then man, what a, what a beautiful gift that is. Right. Because everybody, once they lose health, I tell you what, I mean, I've had patients come in here and say, you know, they, they would give everything, every dollar they've ever earned Mm -hmm. in their lifetime uh, just to feel good again, just to be able to play with their grandkids on the floor, just, just to not hurt every day of their life. Um, So, you know, what's, what's your health worth? That's, that's really the ultimate question there. And for people that have lost it, you know, there's no money in the world that, um, that can buy it back. So it's priceless. Yeah, that's very true. And I, um, I, I appreciate uh, you connecting it with our, our spiritual life in that sense, as you said, not in an idolatrous sort of sense towards our health, but we, but we often separate the physical and spiritual. And I think that that's a, that's a mistake. Um, you know, we're whole beings. Right. We were made, you know, uh, body and, and soul alike. And, um, and so I, it's important that we don't underestimate the importance of our health either. Um, well, Dr. Rose, thanks so much for joining me. Um, this has been very helpful. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of a busy schedule uh, in the middle of your work week to talk with us about this. So thanks again for joining me. You're very welcome, Brian. I enjoyed it. All right. And dads, uh, remember, we are we're models, we're examples um, in all the habits and patterns of our lives. So um, let's take these things seriously and examine what sorts of habits we're displaying before our families. Uh, thanks again for tuning in on this episode of the Way to Fatherhood podcast. Until next time, this is your host, Brian Phillips, signing off. <laughs>